Manna or Meatloaf, Episode 6, Taking Care of You. Oh, this one's going to be fun, you guys. I really like this content and I get really excited about it. I hope you find it super applicable and easy to use. So a few years ago, Toby Keith sang a song called um, Let's Talk About Me. It was funny, but I'm more into talking about you. I like talking about you. In fact, I like talking about you, 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 usually. So occasionally, I want to talk about taking care of you. (laughs) Okay, that was so bad. If I was sitting on a porch swing chatting with an old friend and I asked her why it's so important to take care of yourself, I may be wrong, but she would probably tell me something about an oxygen mask or pouring out something from an empty pitcher. But I want you to challenge yourself today and think a lot deeper when I ask you what it really looks like to take care of you. Now, this is kind of a rhetorical question that I'm going to answer for you. It's critical for you to take care of yourself because there is just one you. You've heard me say this before, and teaser, you'll hear me say it again probably many times. (laughs) Do you remember in episode four, Uniquely You, we talked about foreordination and exercised the idea that you were foreordained to fulfill very specific missions and divine roles to the very work God has planned for you? If you didn't listen to that one, it may be helpful to have that foundation to build on, since this is almost sequel fashion in our focus on you. I said it then, but I want to recap that I truly believe there is no one that can raise your children the way you are supposed to, or they wouldn't be in your family. There is no one better to encourage, support, and love your husband than you. There are certain things that only you can do to nourish, teach, and love those in your big or little sphere of influence. Simply put, there is no one that can fill your shoes. Absolutely no one. There is just one you with a very specific foreordained responsibility to fulfill the roles that only you can and in the way that only you are capable of. Is this the work you're involved in right now? Does this special work deserve the very best you you can be? The most healthy, authentic, very best version of yourself? Does that make things feel a little differently? I certainly hope so. Because unfortunately, so many of us put ourselves, our own care, and our physical, emotional, and spiritual needs on a back burner to see to the needs of others. And while that is a noble and selfless trait, many times we do it at the expense of our health, our happiness, and our potential. Wives and women seem to be especially good at this. I know you wouldn't disagree. So how do we take better care of ourselves? Well, I'd like to shed a little light on how balance can really shift how we do just that. Now, let me preface this by saying, everyone who knows me has probably heard me say this, once or maybe a million times, but what do I know, right? I'm not an expert at much, but without tooting my own horn, I think I'm pretty darn good at what I'm going to share. And just to add a bit more credibility, we'll be touching on what the real experts are saying. (laughs) I've been a certified and a very active zone therapist for 20 years now. 
Zone therapy is an advanced form of reflexology. Basically, there's a signal system on the feet for every bone, cell, tissue, and organ in the entire body. Now, whether you buy into that or not is not the purpose of this message, but some of the things I've learned in my training with the body and the thousands of feet I've been privileged to work on have taught me some really important things, things that might help you to know. Do you know what the word homeostasis means? Quote, a relatively stable state of equilibrium or a tendency towards such a state between the different but interdependent elements or groups of elements. End quote. So in simple terms, homeostasis is a state of balance within all the elements of a system. You can have homeostasis in engines, in nature, in science, but for the purposes of this message, I want to talk about homeostasis in the body. It's a real thing. In the October 1998 General Conference, President Russell M. Nelson, who was then Elder Nelson, taught, quote, spirit and body when joined together become a living soul of supernal worth. Indeed, we are children of God, both physically and spiritually, end quote. Something to think about. The body fights for homeostasis. It thrives there. The time our bodies are most in a state of homeostasis is REM sleep. We're completely balanced then. Science teaches us that that is when our bodies heal, restore, and rejuvenate. So you wouldn't think I'm reaching to propose then that the more often we can live balanced lives, the more capable our bodies are of healing, restoring, and rejuvenating, right? But that can be so hard. We know it is so hard. If you think of the three elements of you, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual, Now, I'm going to insert here that many circles include the emotional and mental as one, but for the sake of this message, each time I say emotional, we're also going to include the mental. And I know that's a really broad scope, but that mental health part is really best left to the mental health experts. So I want you to imagine with me one of those old-fashioned weighing scales, the metal kind. You know the one that has the big steel bowl-looking things and then the chain that connects them? You know the one. You put something in it and it automatically makes the empty side rise up. Now imagine that the scale in our minds has three of those steel bowl-looking things that are interconnected. You might have to use your imagination a little bit on that one. But instead of two of those bowls, our scale now has three of them that represent the different parts of us, the physical, emotional, and spiritual. Now I want you to evaluate your life and look at it as if you were just someone else completely observing it from the outside looking in. Which bowl, the physical, emotional, or spiritual, is the heaviest? And which ones are lighter or not as full of effort or energy? Are there any that are completely empty? The more energy you put into something, the bigger or heavier it gets. And you can really clearly see that with emotions, can't you? Here's an example. Have you noticed that the more you allow yourself to swim in the news feed or keep a constant eye on this pandemic reel that just keeps playing out, the more that normal state of awareness feels a lot heavier, like fear, panic, even despair? That will make the emotional very heavy and make the physical and spiritual scales go way up. They're not full enough to balance out the heaviness of those weighing emotions unless we add effort or energy in the others to balance them out. So what could you let go of or time could you free up or negative emotion could you process and wash your hands of to more effectively balance out the other two? 
Here's another personal example. I've spent a whole lot of time learning software programs and computer interfaces lately to even figure out how to get this whole podcast thing to even work. It's all a huge learning curve, and I know it won't always take this much time, but recently that has gotten in the way of my daily exercise on a lot of days. That makes my emotional and mental scale pretty heavy, and my physical go way up. It's not as balanced as I'd like it to be, and my body's paying for that, which also translates into my emotional and spiritual health as well. Do you see why homeostasis is the key and why balance in our lives is such an important part of taking care of yourself? The more balanced we are, the more healthy we are in all aspects of our lives. So I want to talk about the three elements. Physical, first of all. And I don't need to tell you how eating a good balanced diet and exercise help the body. That's common knowledge, even if we don't always take that advice. And again, I'm not a true expert in this field. But let's look at what our church leaders are saying about our physical bodies. The Apostle Paul declared, quote, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? The temple of God is holy, which temple ye are, end quote. We know our bodies are temples, don't we? So when is the last time you had the opportunity to actually clean the temple? How attentive are we to keeping the temple in tip-top immaculate shape? How meticulously do we pay attention to every small detail and then how do we maintain that cleanliness? Just in case it's been a minute, there's not one inch of those immense buildings that goes untouched or that is left unclean. It's the house of God. And in complete honor and respect, that's the way we care for them. Hmm. Those are really good things to consider when asking the same about our physical temples, our bodies, don't you think? President David O. McKay, ninth president of the church, said this, quote, The healthy man who takes care of his physical being has strength and vitality. His temple is a fit place for his spirit to reside, end quote. Don't you love that? And then my favorite was a quote by Patricia T. Holland, a former counselor in the Young Women's General Presidency and Elder Holland's wife. She said, quote, All too many of us put off even these minimal efforts of exercising and caring for our physical health, thinking our family, our neighbors, and our other many responsibilities come first. Yet in doing so, we put at risk the thing these people need most from us, our healthiest, happiest, heartiest selves. The issue for me then is accepting that we are worth the time and effort it takes to achieve the full measure of our creation and believing that it's not selfish, wrong, or evil. It is, in fact, essential to our spiritual development. End quote. I love that. Let me tell you a little bit what I've learned about our bodies. One thing that is very evident to me, because I see it all the time in my zone therapy patients and clients, is that the body will always, always manifest physically what's happening emotionally. And if I've ever been in your feet, you'll remember this, but all you have to do is ask yourself what happens physically when you're really stressed out. The emotional stress always manifests as headaches, jaw pain, shoulder and neck tension, constipation, insomnia, etc., etc., etc. This is where that homework assignment from two weeks ago comes into play. If you recorded in your journal and began to recognize the emotions you were experiencing throughout the day and then recorded where those feelings landed in your bodies, where you could actually feel them, then you're one step closer to achieving a higher level of balance in your lives. 
That first step in finding a level of balance in our lives is addressing the physical, because by now you may realize that once we get good at listening and honoring our body's needs, it really is the easiest to hear. Remember that newborn baby? Learning to listen to its nonverbal cues and what happens when we ignore it? He or she adamantly reminds us that they're really in charge. Well, it's the same exact way with our bodies. So let me give you a few pointers. Research proves that chronic pain or chronic stress causes shallow breathing. Don't believe me? Google it. The more shallow we breathe, the less oxygen to our brains and extremities. And the less oxygen to our brains, the less clearly we think. It's just as easy as that. Do you know how to breathe deeply, engaging your diaphragm? Anybody who took choir was probably taught, but again, Google it and practice it. Here's a hint. Take a deep breath. Right now, you can do this with me. Ask yourself, did your shoulders raise? Did your abdomen expand? Most shallow breaths raise our carriage, like we're puppets on a string and the puppeteer is pulling us up. This time, try to sit solidly in your seat and concentrate on keeping your shoulders absolutely still. Put your hand on your abdomen, and when you inhale this time through your nose, concentrate on allowing. And at first, you may actually have to push it a bit, but make your belly expand during that intake of breath. Now, breathe out evenly and consistently until you feel that All your breath is gone. And then push really hard to get every last little ounce of air out of your lungs, even if it kind of pulls your body forward and you have to dig a little bit. Now, if you're doing this right after just a few handfuls of those deep breaths, you may feel a little lightheaded. Wow, what a concept, right? That's what oxygen in the brain feels like. Amazing breathing. Hmm, I highly recommend it. Hood a thunk. (laughs) Okay, another tip. Rest, meditate, visual imagery, grounding, aromatherapy with essential oils. The list of things you can do physically to take care of yourself is very long, but just remember to give yourself permission to pamper that fabulous, miraculous, beautiful body of yours. Do what it takes to make it feel good. Talk your family into trading massage, soak in mineral baths, do your nails, join a gym, hike, get back to nature. Now, some of these things may sound a little bit like fluff to you, but figure out what makes you feel cared for. And don't be afraid to ask those around you to help you find the time. Letting others know that this is a priority for you will help them believe they're worth investing in too. Now let's talk about the emotional aspect of this balancing act. Jewish psychiatrist Viktor Frankl and his father, mother, brother, and wife were all imprisoned in concentration camps during World War II. He and a sister, who had immigrated before the war, were the only survivors in his family. During three years as a prisoner of war, prisoner number 119,104, Frankl witnessed and endured great suffering and cruelty. He noted, quote, It is a peculiarity of man that he can only live by looking to the future, end quote. And he warned that the sudden loss of hope and courage can have a deadly effect on people and that the prisoner who had lost faith in the future, his own future, was, quote, doomed, unquote. Let's look at what our church leaders have said about our emotional health, shall we? The importance of hope has long been heralded. The writer of Proverbs states, quote, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, end quote. That's in Proverbs 13, 12. 
And Moroni warned that, quote, if ye have no hope, ye must needs be in despair, end quote. Moroni 10.22. These are only examples of hope, just one of a myriad of human emotions, but I could spend hours talking just about emotions and feelings. And more importantly, the church's website, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.org, has a lot of very relevant information on this very topic. Search emotional health on the main page search bar and you will be amazed at the resources available there. I also highly recommend Elder Jeffrey R. Holland's general conference address titled, Like a Broken Vessel. Every single one of us can learn and relate to that message in some way. It's very powerful. Here's what I want to say about emotional health. Like I said, the body will pay for physically what's happening emotionally. So the processing of negative emotions is critical. There's a book I love the title of, and it's called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. Think about that. Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. That's a powerful title, right? Let's face it, we all have stress. That's part of the plan. The coping strategies we have on board make all the difference in how we manage those stress levels. Identifying your feelings and emotions, like I hope you've been doing in your journals, and then processing accordingly are beneficial ways to manage the natural stresses of our lives and promote higher levels of homeostasis and healthier living. So here are just a few tricks. Vomiting on paper. Doesn't that sound fun? (laughs) That means getting all of those thoughts out on a piece of paper. Grab a pen and paper and start dumping your thoughts on paper. Set a timer for exactly how long you want to do this exercise. Then step away, clear your head, ground yourself, and come back for a fresh perspective, a very clear idea of what's been kicking around in your head art for creative expression, and it also helps emotional decompression. There's a real reason that adult coloring books are becoming so popular. Keeping a gratitude journal. What about a tech fast? And what I mean by that is leave your phones alone for one day. If you can't do a whole day, do several hours in a day and turn them off. Completely detach, nurture, and pamper yourself emotionally. You can do this with the spa, hair, nails, bath, massage can also be a great way to nurture yourself emotionally as well as physically. It's whatever helps you to feel relaxed. Can you give yourself a free Friday. What about a few hours on Friday? Or schedule a few hours anywhere that you get to do exactly what you want to do. No responsibilities allowed. Read a book, take a bath, go to a movie. Do whatever it is that will help you feel pampered. Make a go-to board with pictures, quotes, and make copies for your car, phone. Surround yourself with positive things. On my go-to board, I have pictures of all of my loved ones and me doing things I absolutely love to do. Keep that on your phone or somewhere that you can refer to regularly when you need a little pick-me-up. Now, the church always keeps abreast of the needs brought on by any challenge of the day. And I found a treasure on the church's website, and it's written by David Dixon in church magazines. It's called your nine-point survival guide for hard times. And he starts out by saying, quote, hang in there. Better days are ahead, end quote. Thanks, David. We need this. He goes on to say, quote, you've probably heard a million times to think positively or just 
stay positive. Well, sometimes that's easier said than done. Here's another way to think of being positive. In buildings, certain rooms are often kept at positive pressure, which means air is pumped into the room so that any openings, like doors or windows, cause air to flow out rather than in. Why do this? Well, in a hospital, for instance, patients might be kept in a room at positive pressure to make it harder for airborne bacteria or harmful chemicals to enter. You can be like that room. If you are constantly pouring good things into your mind, heart, and soul, things like scripture study, uplifting music, or words of the prophets, you become so full that it's much harder for negative thoughts or difficult circumstances to affect you. On those days when it's too challenging to conjure a smile, try to conjure 10 more minutes for the scriptures. Keep building that positive pressure. It will also bless others around you. End quote. Again, thanks, David. Isn't that amazing? Okay, we have one area left to cover, and that's our spiritual balance. President Marion G. Romney said, quote, The development of our spiritual nature should concern us most. Spirituality is the highest acquisition of the soul, the divine in man, the supreme crowning gift that makes him king of all created things. It is the consciousness of victory over self and of communion with the infinite. It is spiritually alone, which really gives one the best in life, end quote. Being spiritually self-reliant really does give us power in our lives. There's a lot to read on the church's website about becoming spiritually self-reliant. And this is what I know, that when you read the Book of Mormon, you access power. I'd like to share a little story. Several years ago, I was serving the Stake Young Women's, and we had a Book of Mormon marathon. So what we did was we gathered the youth of our stake and mapped out 24 hours, not consecutively. In fact, we did it over a Friday that there was no school and a Saturday. We fed the kids a lot. We had the gym filled with blankets, pillows, beanbag chairs. They were with their friends, their wards. We had readers come to the stage to give them a break. We listened to the Book of Mormon chapters in audio over the sound system when there were meals. Oh, my gosh, it was such fun and such an amazing experience. But interestingly enough, the one question we got from several parents as they were dropping their kids off were comments like, well, this sounds fun, but do you really think they'll get that much out of it when they're cramming it all in or rushing through it like this? Well, let me tell you what happened. We did cram and we did rush. But when the time was up and we'd made sure that everyone in attendance was all finished, some of them had to speed up the audio versions on their phones to do that. When we were finished, we walked them through a line made up of leaders to congratulate them. And I wish you could have seen. I know it's something that us leaders will never forget. Most all of the kids that came through that line were changed. There were only a few that didn't have tears in their eyes, even the big strong boys. And there were only a few that hadn't been visibly affected by the power of that book. Now, I'm sure that most of them won't remember all the stories or the characters of that sacred script, but I have absolutely no doubt that none of them will forget the power they felt from accessing that book. Pray, serve, practice charity, do temple and family history work regularly, listen to hymns, do those things that invest energy and effort into your spiritual life. Enough spirituality to balance out all the other demands in your life, including those physical and emotional demands as well. 
Listen to the prophets in your car while you're driving, while you're cleaning your house. Keep yourself so full that it's much harder for negative thoughts or difficult circumstances to affect you, like our new friend David, who I quoted earlier, taught us. Let's face it, ours is a gospel of joy. We are all familiar with the scripture 2 Nephi 2.25, aren't we? Men are that they might have joy. Well, with the whole opposition in all things principle, I know we can't expect to be happy all the time. But remember your new favorite word, homeostasis? Balance! I had an aha moment that I will not forget. It felt like a little reminder from my Father in Heaven. There is no coincidence that the acronym for Just One You is JOY. (laughs) I believe that the more we strive for balance in our lives, the more capable we'll be at finding more joy. That is very important to remember. So on that note, take good care of yourselves.